again, if you think about those people that you are telling them how to do the service desk job compared to you are telling them that it's important how you help others, it is even more important that we are not telling people what they should be doing, but we give them that motivation. Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. For decades, IT departments have struggled to find meaningful metrics to gauge their performance. We tend to focus on things like uptime, tickets closed, and even response times. But how do we know if our end users are truly happy with our services? And how do we hold ourselves accountable for improving our services in a meaningful way? For answers to these questions and more, today on Status Go, we're gonna take a bit of a journey. We're going to visit the happiest place on earth. Now, before you get all excited thinking we're going to the house of the world's most famous mouse, we aren't going to Disney, we're going to Finland, the happiest place on earth for the fifth year in a row. Because they know a thing or two about happiness, turns out they also know a thing or two about end user satisfaction. Our guest today is Sammy Kaleo, a serial entrepreneur from Finland. Sammy's company, Happy Signals, makes experience data visible, understandable, and connected to operational data in IT. This enables enterprises to change their culture to be more open, more outcome-focused, and more data-driven. Welcome to Status Go, Sammy. Thank you, Chef. That was a lovely introduction and made me proud to be coming from Finland after that. <laughs> well, after you and I spoke uh, in our prep call, I I did go out and do a little bit of research and 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 learn some great things. It's uh, it's now on my list to come visit your country. I, I've had friends that have visited there, and it just it, it's always struck me as a very beautiful place. And now I know it's a very happy place. So uh, hopefully, one of these days we can make it over across the ocean and uh, and visit y'all there. Sounds very good. You are more than welcome. Happy to show you the country and our nature here. That that would be fun. Well, well, Sammy, as you know, in recent episodes here on Status Go, we've talked about the various types of experiences that are important to businesses, customer, employee, and, and something Gartner calls the total experience. I know our listeners would love to know more about you and your career journey and the problems that sparked happy signals before we dive into all that. So could you share a bit about your journey? Yeah, I'm more than happy to do that. So uh, myself now 47 years, so have been in the IT business for 27 years or something. So started in, in let's say those internet bubble companies or very, very early ages of internet and had a, so the company as a 70 employee had grown that company to 200 and something and then started to kick friends out of the company at the age of 24. So good experience for an entrepreneur to do something like that in the in the beginning, even though at that time it felt terrible. But yeah, after that, I, I joined a bigger companies and, and been doing always something related to experience. The latest company before Happy Signals was really focused on experience of, of consumers and business to business. And, and in that time, I started to kind of think about that employee experience more. And, and I was thinking that there will be a moment when 
enterprises start to focus not only on the customer side, but really focus on the employees. And mm-hmm. I don't know what made me really in the beginning to be excited about that, but that for some reason was for me as maybe kind of an entrepreneur and, and being focused on employees all my career, making them more successful and so on. That that was a passion, but what happened really, what, what was the kind of a visional thought, what made this company happen was that we were I was running one big project for one big enterprise in Finland. And my task with the team was that tell us how to do IT support from the perspective of the employees. Mm-hmm. And that was quite a, my colleagues in the company were thinking that is not a very sexy project. That is just like, <laughs> IT, but it, for, for me, it was interesting. And, but when doing that and when doing interviews of employees, so we interviewed about hundred people from the organization in group interviews and one-to-one interviews to really understand how people feel about IT. And I have my psychologists with me, so we really went deep with those people. But all we found was something that I was quite sure that this is nothing to do with this exact company. This would be the exactly same thing if I would meet other companies and their employees and their IT leaders and so on. So after that project, I went back to my current office and, and role and said to the guys that I want to do a market research. And, and that really was an interesting market research. I met 10 different IT directors. And, and we discussed about experience of the employees. And in that discussion, I really realized that they were all suffering, meaning that when they met their providers, they told that, okay, everything should be okay. We are meeting the SLAs, everything looks good. We are answering the phone in two minutes and we are mm-hmm. answering every ticket in two hours and so on. But simultaneously, these same guys, when they met their own business units and people from the business, they were telling bad stories about their service. So these IT directors were in between of, of not understanding what is going on. What is what is the yeah. reason why yeah. the metrics are so we are doing fine and business telling us we are doing crappy. And and that really, we started to call that a watermelon effect later on. So kind of you see the green SLAs, but inside the enterprise, there is people unsatisfied and necred and, and so on. So that they were hating the service experience and, and that kind of stuff. So that really was the starting point of this whole company that we wanted to help these IT directors to even feel better in their work so that they can really feel that they are delivering value. They are more appreciated and so on. And and that was kind of the starting point for, for a company. I, I love that, uh, the visual of the watermelon effect, green on the outside, but when you dig beneath the, the layers, it's red. The other, the other part of that story that, that I was reading earlier is uh, the the measurement of customer satisfaction was, uh, when, when you dug into it, it was always coming up to 3.7. Yeah. Can you talk to us a little bit about what you, when you uncovered that a little bit, what you learned about that? Why 3.7? Yeah, it was a Interesting experience, and I later on I felt myself stupid because I didn't realize immediately what is going on there. Because I asked these IT directors that are you measuring experience of, of any of your IT services? And typically they were measuring service desk on some level. And then I asked them what do you know about it? And they did know that one number, which as you said, was 3.7 in about all those cases. And then I asked them, What else do you know about that number? It has always been the same. And then I started to realize that not in the first and not even the three, maybe five cases done. But then I realized that is this the number that you have written to your agreement with your provider? So it was not boosting and it was. So it was just the minimum target 
when it was reached, people were thinking, okay, now we should be okay. And these guys did nothing. They knew nothing else about that number. So it was just a number for the agreement. It was yeah. not a target for development. It was killing development, to be honest. And and that really was the kind of the, the when I started to think that uh, there is no point in here. This is not experience management. This is not developing anything. This is just like the same thing that I hate in some of the surveys is that you see immediately, like as a consumer, you get a survey. And you understand this is only done that they can have that one marketing number on the web pages. So they are not yes. really interested <laughs> at all about my real experience. They are just trying to get that number there. And, yeah. and that is annoying. That is not really experience related stuff at all. It's, it's marketing. Well, in, in IT, we seem to live and die by our SLAs, right? Our service level agreements, our service level objectives. And, and if we, if we give ourselves a goal, in this SLA of hitting a 3.7 or whatever the, the measurement is, there's really no incentive to go beyond that. So we just kind of stop at that, right? That's kind of what you're, what you're seeing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, 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 so you can kind of, even in measuring experience, you can make that mistake that it start to be more like uh, killing the development. But I mm -hmm. think many of the traditional SLAs are, are even worse. When, when you think about how they are related to experience and you are thinking that that answering phone in certain time or answering ticket in certain time has anything to do with the experience. Kind of there is some things related to that experience, but not, not really much. So yeah. only yeah. very few of the traditional estimates really correlate with the real experience of end users. And, and the kind of thing is that in IT, you have so many, if you talk about only the service desk, there is so many different level of services and, and the criticality of different tickets is so different for the employees. That if you try to make SLAs across all the services you are having, you're making a huge, huge mistakes. Yeah. Cause you, you can't measure every service in the same manner. Well, and you, yeah. you brought up, Sammy, you brought up um, XLAs. So experience level agreements versus SLAs. Yeah. Can you explain the difference in those to our listeners? Yeah, this XLA term has been existing some time already and not invented by us. I think it was Kiarte in, in, from Netherlands that started to use that first. But it's a term that is kind of giving that difference between the traditional SLAs and XLAs. So service level agreements and experience level agreements. For me, the whole thing is more about experience management, but let's discuss that a bit later. But when we only talk about those two terms as a metrics, XLAs are measuring the outcome of IT when SLAs are measuring the output of IT. So it is about how the IT works in SLA world. You're measuring how we are working. Is the process efficient? Are we answering tickets and so on? It's measuring the, it's a management tool. We are then talking mm -hmm. about how we work. And that is something IT has been very good in understanding how we work and make it that efficient. Excel, as said, is measuring the outcome of IT. So how valuable the services are for the end users. And that is the big, big difference. And for me, even bigger difference is that SLAs is a management tool. You check yeah. that your team is working in a certain way. You make sure that everybody knows what is their task. XLA is a target. It's a leadership tool. It gives you a possibility to kind of give that target to your team. This is the important, the most important metrics is this one. Please team, make your decisions. You give them more autonomy to, to do their decisions mm -hmm. to make experience better. So it's 
it's much more leadership tool than than XLS yeah. because you're then telling how to do things. XLS is giving a target for people, and and that is that's, really that's... the big mindset shift there. Yeah, I was going to say that 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 is a huge mind shift, and I I love how you describe the difference that an SLA is an is a management tool. We're all used to those in our contracts and our agreements with our uh, not only our end users but with our service providers. And XLAs is a leadership tool, and that's that that really just jumped out at me as you were saying that. I was I was just reading an article that a, a friend of mine wrote, uh, I was just reading it this morning, and he was talking about this mind shift that we have to take as businesses, that we have to be thinking about things differently than just more efficient, you know, more productive. We have to look at problems totally different, which is really that leadership mindset that you're talking about, right? Yeah, it is. It's, uh, and, uh, it's much more motivating for IT. Mm-hmm. Again, if you think about those people that you are telling them how to do the service desk job compared to you are telling them that it's important how you help others and how you make them more efficient. And then you start to do your own decisions and group decisions on how we can really be better in that area. It really yeah. is much more motivating. And that is not a small thing when it comes to how we in IT feel about our work. And I think that is one of the global trends now that it's we're talking about purpose workers and we are talking about people that it's you really need to have a motivation mm-hmm. and reasoning why you are doing something and, and, and meaningful work. And that is something I think the shift from SLAs and XLAs is also going to help. But I do know that that is something that most of the customers that we have had, they come after like six months or one year, they come to me back and say, I kind of didn't believe you beginning, but now I can see that from my own team. Yeah. And I think yeah. this kind of stuff is now when we are more and more working remotely, it is even more th- important that we are not telling people what they should be doing, but we give them that motivation. So as you can see from my, how, how passionately I'm talking about this already, this yes. is really kind of burning near to my heart that that way of leading and managing people has to be changing in the whole, whole IT ecosystem. So not a small task for a company like us, but, but yeah. still something I want to try. Well, and, and, you know, when you talk about motivating your, your IT team, especially those that are, that are on the service desk where, uh, you know, they're measured by the number of calls that they receive or the number of the tickets that they, that they close. It's, it is demotivating, but, but it also rewards the wrong behavior, right? Because they're, they're rewarded for closing tickets faster, not, solving the problem on the other end. Yeah. And so if you, if you really put it in a way how they feel in those service desks, you are measured how fast you are getting rid of your customers. And, and that is how they feel. Yeah. That, that yeah. is terrible. You're helping yeah. people. They're calling you in pain. They are having problems. And then your measurement is I just try to get rid of this guy as soon as I can. Yeah. Compared to that, they are measured by how they help people and how they make them more efficient. That mindset is so much more motivating as an agent, and and, yeah. and then you get better results as well. The, well, and, and as you drive those results, you you so much efficiency in our businesses are lost when someone has a problem and has to stop and call the service desk and and wait for a solution. And and you all have done some studies on how much is being lost when someone has a problem 
right? Can you share that with our with our listeners? Yeah, for sure. So we have been doing that all the time. So we measured the happiness of end users in all IT services, internal IT services, but we also measured the lost productivity. And that lost productivity, what we are measuring is the perceived loss first time. So that is asked from end users. So how much time do you estimate that you lost because of this incident, for example, or we are not calling it incident for people, we are calling it problem because that is their mm-hmm. language. But but anyway, right, right. The average loss time per IT incident ticket is three hours, four minutes. So that was the average last, uh, I checked that two days ago last time. So every three hours, time, four minutes. Three hours, four minutes. Okay. And I think the big thing there is that if you really can change that to money, let's say it is $50 uh, per hour is the average cost in that organization. Mm-hmm. The cost of that problem is $150. And if you compare yeah. that to the typical ticket price you are paying for outsourcing services provider, that is like four times, five times bigger. Yeah. So where should your focus be? Because what we also have learned with millions of feedbacks is that they do correlate your happiness and that lost time. So if you make your employees 10 points happier, you are saving 40 minutes on average per ticket. So there really is a business case in developing your service desk experience. It's not only about being cards as our logo is and, and that happiness part, which for some people is not really a business case, but mm-hmm. there is a business case related to efficiency when it comes to good, good service in service desk. And that is something that is quite interesting to discuss with IT people and, and getting that understanding. But there is a learning curve. Many mm-hmm. IT people are thinking that this, it's just an estimate. Yeah, one guy is just giving their estimate, but they don't have a reason to lie. And on the other hand, what we do there is that we are giving you averages of different services. So which services are more business critical mm-hmm. in lost time so that you focus on right things? And when they are questioning that, the IT people, on the other hand, the end users are loving it. Because what we hear from people is that they are saying that, hey, finally, IT is interested in my efficiency, not only their yes. own. And, and that, that, makes it, they, that even makes them more likely to answer the survey. Because they now feel that, okay, now they are interested about me and, and my world. Yeah, someone's listening. Uh, we're humans. We want someone to listen while while we're experiencing the problem. We want people to have that empathy for what we're going through, and this is starting to to drive that in IT organizations. Yeah, but it's a we have a long history with the SLA. So this whole experience thing is a journey. It is journey per enterprise. It's journey for whole industry, and it will not happen in a overnight. But right. that's why we are here and many other organizations as well that are helping enterprises to to start that journey, but it's a journey. One of the things we talked about a a couple of weeks ago, Sammy, was where people can go to learn more about this whole concept of XLAs, experience level agreements. Could you talk a little bit about the XLA Academy? And uh, we will be sure and link to that in our show notes, but I just would love you to talk to our listeners a little bit about that. Yeah. There's an organization in, in, in U.S. called XLA Collab, which is doing trainings in the XLA area. They are one of our friends and partners when it comes to kind of trainings in XLAs. But what we did in the, in the end of last year, we republished a site called itxm.academy, and that is kind of the IT experience management. So more like the, the way of working. So XLAs, I kind of see that is the metric part, and that is the more known term. 
IT experience management is that way of working and the best practices. So if you go to itxm.academy, it is not our web pages. We wanted to give that to the industry that people learn how to do this stuff and how to start to kind of change the, the behaviors in, in IT and how do you really, what are the practical things to do so that it's not only kind of a dreaming and, and, and just a kind of a tool in itself, yeah. but it is a way of working. But there is also a free certificate that you can do, one hour course that you just listen some videos and then do a short test to kind of get the basic understanding of what experience management for IT means and mm -hmm. why that is done and what are the main targets there and so on. So please use that. It's, as I said, free. And, and also in happysingers.com, you can, of course, find things about the XLAs and best practices. There is a practical guide for XLAs in, in our web pages as well. That's excellent. We will be sure to link to all of those resources uh, in the show notes when we when we go live with this episode. And I love the fact that there's a certification uh, in this because we're IT people. We love to to have certifications to show that we that we've learned something and we know something. So I'm I'm going to check that out myself, and uh, who knows, maybe I'll get the certification in uh, ITXM as well. I, I just think it would be an interesting way to learn. Let's turn our attention a little bit, Sammy, to what are some of the what are the steps that you see your customers going through, or or others in this ITXM space. How do they go about bringing this mindset shift to their organization? Yeah, I think that's partly also described in that IDXM Academy side, but uh, so we are typically dividing the journey to, to four different steps. So first of all, you start to measure things. And, and typically what I recommend is that whatever you are going to change in your organization, start to measure the IT experience before the change, not after it. Um, mm -hmm. Quite often I hear that people are thinking that we, we know what is wrong and we want to start do quick things and these things and then start to measure so that we don't look bad. Uh, I think that is a bit wrong thinking because your end users and the business is already having, if they are having bad experience, they are having it already, they know it and they share it. You are the only one not knowing exactly what is wrong. Mm -hmm. So start to measure before change so that you can manage the change and understand how the value of that delivery of some products, for example, or changing providers or something like that is influencing that score. But it's first about starting to measure and understand the data. And typically we say that give three months your organization to get adjust, understand the data. Uh, mm -hmm. Pushing these things is not the right way because I said there is so the change from the SLA world to XLA world is quite big. And not everybody is believing that we can trust the end user's experience. So you need to give a bit time for people to, to adjust. And then yeah. for that same reason, the next step, next three months, share the data. Share with the teams internally in IT for your business users and very important to your partners. So that everybody start to have those practical, okay, well, this is now important and how I can help to increase those scores. And then it starts to be time limited with this one to identify those development areas. Mm -hmm. And we typically, there is no silver bullets in this area. You find areas that are lacking in our tool. You can compare your own scores to benchmarks and you maybe find something in related to that, that, okay, this is not typical. And then you focus on the areas that you can really make mm -hmm. a big shift in the happiness. But the main thing is to start to select those areas so that you get that kind of improve. The continuous improvement cycle is very, very 
important here. So you get yeah. to start those successes and remember to celebrate them with the IT because this is all about changing the culture. Mm-hmm. So those steps are measure, share, uh, improve, also related to improve area or identify and improve area is setting KPIs to your team. But the last step mm-hmm. is culture. Yeah. So really what yeah. is the end result when you start to do is, is that you start to have an end user centric culture in your organization. You do IT development decisions based on this data. So it's not just an outcome of things. It is also the starting point, what you should be doing differently. So mm-hmm. for me, the biggest thing what changes is that when you meet those business stakeholders, if you go back to the story, when I told you how this company was founded, now that same ID guy can go to business and tell them, okay, dear sales director, this is the situation currently. You have 2000 employees globally. These tools are the ones that they are loving. These tools they are hating. Support services is not working for them in these areas. That's why we are doing these and these improvements. Do you agree? Yeah. And that really start to be service. And then you do budget decisions with that business guy. Okay, these are the tools we have to change together to make that experience more much better and yeah. people more efficient. So it start to be not the end result of things, it's the experience, it start to be the beginning that you start to do focus based on that. So it's IT leadership tool in, in the end, but all this needs time and you cannot mm-hmm. jump to the cultural phase. So you have to go through those other steps before you really can start to do those decisions because otherwise your organization is not, not behind you and not understanding why this is now done like this. Well, I love the step about the sharing of the data because that's really being transparent with the, with your team. It's being transparent with your with your business users, and it's being transparent with your partners uh, because everybody's looking at the same data and understanding, uh, starting to gain that understanding of what that data means, and it really creates trust that you're you're wanting to do the right things and and that begins that culture change uh as as you describe it as you share the data and then move on to your improvement stages and then that continuous improvement cycle of of creating that culture of trust and and i love that that process lays out that way and so what what i heard you saying sammy is uh three months to measure uh, and start gathering the the data. An additional three months of sharing the data, or is that are, are those two things uh, happening all at the same time? Uh, typically, we are recommended that give it time. So three months, three months, three months, three months. So kind of okay. a one year. Okay. But yeah. of course, some areas you are working and you are maybe doing decisions based on the data quite fast. But it is not a thing that you should be rushing because it's yeah. in, in, and but. Typically, first decisions are made quite fast because they are so obvious. But I think you said that really, really important word that trust. And yeah. and what happens when you are openly sharing that data, you start to have trust and then you start to have common focus. And that common focus coming from the business to your partners and IT in, in between, everybody is now focused on that one North Star metrics, which is the experience of end users. Mm-hmm. So it's not that somebody would be shouting something and, and saying what to do next. And maybe I, I would like to share one story from the quite early days of, of our company. Yes. One, one, one learning for me was that what really is going on, one CEO 
this was a dairy company in, in Finland and the CIO was coming from the business side. And and then he contacted me that, hey, let's have a discussion. I have to now fix these things. I, I'm, I'm, he was exactly expressing that meeting, now meeting the old colleagues of his. They were telling bad stories about out here, shouting that this must be corrected and that one. And then he was like, I cannot defend my team because I know there are good things and good things have been done. But I have no clue about what has been now situation, what is current situation, because all the data I have about experience is two months old Excel from our provider. Mm-hmm. So what he wanted me to say, give me an application that I can check under the table what is the current situation. <laughs> so I can kind of talk about the real stuff with the people. So I, it's yeah. not about just something shouting from the business that this is important because it's always filtered by only few people. And when in those big enterprises, you have thousands of people, you have to understand the, what is common thing and what are exceptions. Mm-hmm. So that is something that I... I that discussion has been driving me kind of to, to help those IT people. That is the thing that I have to be able to help, that they can start to collaborate with business and IT exactly openly, transparently, daily, and doing those big and small decisions based on the data. Otherwise, it's, real, it's, it's, yeah. it's, just, it's not something that somebody owns, mm-hmm. and it's just a corner of something. This is experience of IT, and uh, IT experience management is really to everybody in IT. And, and I know somebody is now saying that guy is dreaming. It's not going to happen. I hope it will happen, <laughs> not next year, but slowly. Well, so, so slowly over time. And Sammy, the the passion that you have for this problem uh, comes through loud and clear as you're relating these stories. The, the passion of not only driving this culture of change within IT for business reasons, but, but the passion for helping the IT teams be happier, uh, more engaged, more effective, um, that, that passion uh, is very apparent as it drives you. Uh, and, and I think that that's a testament to you and your leadership within your organization. I am sure that your customers feel that as well. What are some of the changes that you've seen in your customers as you uh, have have rolled out your your plan, you've been working with them. What are some of the things that you've seen and observed in your customers? I, I think, it, thank you for those polite words, but I think that um, it truly is so that for me, that overall cultural change and, and attitude and, and meaningful work, when you see that from your customers' faces that you meet them six months, one year after they have started to do the experience management. And they are proud of what they have achieved. And then they mm-hmm. tell the stories, how they get everybody involved. How, and, and then it's about those small things they changed. But in experience, it's about really the cultural change is the big thing for me. So it's, it's yeah. unfair to kind of pick few things that people have changed with the experience data. Because it's the overall kind of attitude that changes. And I think it's a one thing that might underline that is that I would say 15, even 20% of customers that we have are coming from customers who have moved to another organization and they take our product again in. It is their career move to be driving ah, experience yeah. change. And that is kind of the thing what I really love. It's that when somebody has done it and seen it, it becomes their, their thing that they want to do also in other organizations. And that's yeah. that's really kind of a, 
as you said, it drives me to see that happening and people feel better. And, and of course, they get some success in the organization because it's a, mm-hmm. IT has been struggling very, very long time of being having really collaborating with the own business units. Yeah. I think yeah. that this has been so a long problem. I was in a big IT company earlier and I know exactly that it's hard to get to the business table and be trusted partner for the business. But experience yeah. is one way to, to, to get there and make it a bit, bit easier. But if I if I kind of say some really other cultural things, some small things. So experience data is interesting from the perspective that even the agent can do decisions based on experience data. So what I mean by that is that in they are in our tool and, and I hope in some other tools as well, they are getting the instant feedback about how they help somebody. Mm-hmm. And they get the text like, okay, I did talk to technically or this guy says that, okay, I'm not stupid with ID. You can go right directly to the resolution and, and give me the script and whatever is that. But they start to learn from the feedback and that makes their work easier. So they start to work out there are different kind of profiles in IT or users. And I couldn't, I shouldn't be talking exactly the same with all end users. And they start to change their behavior. And then they start to find, okay, these are the areas I need some trainings and so on. So, mm-hmm. and all these up to CIOs and changing providers based on bad experience and so on. So it is a kind of a new way of running the whole IT team. Yeah. I love the way you describe going back to your to your customers and talking to the IT team and seeing the smiles on their faces and they they get excited and they they share stories of their success and that's really what we're we're trying to drive with with Status Go. I know there at Happy Signals you're trying to drive that as well. What are one or two things that our listeners should go do tomorrow because they listen to us today? I want to leave them with a really strong call to action. So what are a couple of things they could do, Sammy? A couple of things directly do. Um, <clears throat> that is a good question. Start to measure, of course. That is start my, to measure. Yeah, yeah start yeah. to measure. Uh, be critical with the current metrics that you are having. Uh, no, there is no IT organization that wouldn't have too many metrics. At least mm-hmm. I haven't met that. So, and it's it's driving them nuts because when uh, try to find a focus when you have a few hundred metrics, and and yeah. they are seen as as important as so really have that discussion in your organization. Should experience be the overlaying target, so the most important mm-hmm. target? Because I think if experience is just one of those 400, you will not see any change. Yeah. But yeah. if you really make yeah. that to be the North Star metrics for your IT, then you start to really drive change in your own organization and, and, and the reputation of IT even. So that's- I think that's great. Those are, those are great actions. Uh, start measuring, but be very critical of what you are measuring today um, and evaluate it and focus on that experience. Sammy, thank you so much for being willing to jump on this podcast with us and and talk to our listeners about this concept of uh, XLAs versus SLAs. I really appreciate you carving out time to talk to us. So thank you. Thanks, Jeff. I was happy to be here. And if there are listeners who want to contact me, LinkedIn, you can find me from there. I'm more than happy to have a discussion around the area. 
Excellent. And we'll put uh, we'll put the link in our show notes as well so that if people want to connect, uh, you can do that. In fact, if our listeners, if you have questions or want to learn more, visit intervision.com. We'll have the show notes, of course, but we'll also provide links and contact information. We'll provide links to the itxm.academy so you can jump right to it. This is Jeff Tun for Sammy Kaleo. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find Intervision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.